Before we get back to today's show, here's a quick word from HubSpot. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like try to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Could it be Don or John or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs. And a full 360 view of every customer. So your go-to-market team can keep up on the pulse of accounts before trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Today, we are coming to you with more than we probably ever had to cover on a show. We're talking about the latest announcements from OpenAI Dev Day. We're talking about a brand new chat GPT-4 Turbo, GPT assistance for everybody, and a GPT app store and much more. And stick around to the end of the show where we give you our takes on what nobody's talking about but should be from all these announcements. I'm your co-host, Kip Bodner, Chief Marketing Officer at HubSpot. I'm joined by my co-host, Kieran Flanagan, who's the Chief Marketing Officer over at Zapier. And this is Marketing Against the Grain, your show for marketing-minded people everywhere. Let's get into it. Happy Open AI Dev Day. I am wearing a Kieran sweater. I in was wondering, I actually wasn't going to say that. And then I was like, I wonder if Kip is doing that on purpose or he, I'm 100% doing it on purpose. It's dope, right? You feel like I don't, Macaulay pull, Culkin? I don't pull out a dope sweater like this on any normal pod day. You feel about Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone? I feel one? like Macaulay Culkin meets streetwear meets, yeah. I don't know, oversized dad sweater, something, something. Nice Irish joint. Next time you come to Ireland, long haul, a Sunday afternoon pint, and two of us wearing our knitted oh, yeah. jumpers. We're going to come in hard with the jumper game. Yeah, they're called jumpers in Ireland. Don't worry about that, people. Okay, Kieran, our WhatsApp, I think, basically exploded. But I also like that once we talked about it a little bit, we kind of stopped talking about it to save everything for the show. Right. Because we're excited. OpenAI had their first developer day in San Francisco, and... It's pretty amazing. And Kieran, I wanted to start off with what I thought was a very good and funny tweet that you will love. And I think we prime everything else. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. <laughs> Sam yeah. Altman, who is the founder of OpenAI, in 2008, he'd built an app for the Apple App Store called Loop. And so this guy was like, hey, 2008, build an app. In 2023, build an app store. Because that is what happened at OpenAI's Dev Day, is they launched an app store for GPTs. Kieran, can you explain to everybody what does that mean? What are the implications? Like, how does it work? Give everybody the real. There is a bunch of things we're going to go through today. There is so many things to cover. I will say, shout out, this is one of the times where I actually do appreciate X. Like, you can <laughs> you have everyone can come together. And it was just so good last night. Share use cases so fast. So let's break this down. The first thing we're really going to talk about is this, which is, what OpenAI are releasing to consumers of all sorts is the ability to not just create these AI assistants, and we'll get into the technicalities of that, but actually for you to buy and sell AI assistants on a store. Now, 
We could just kind of gloss over the fact they have tried a store before. We covered it in depth. It was mm-hmm. the plugin store. It did not really work. They'd never really found product market fit for that store. I think the GPT store is the better version of what that was potentially going to be. And so what is the GPT store? Let's give an example. These AI assistants are going to help you create these mini tools. We talked about this before where they can create these micro apps. And the reason they're going to be so impactful is because you can personalize it around a specific use case and then give it propriety data to reference to actually solve that use case. So this is Rowan Chan. He has access to it, it seems already. Pretty jealous about that. I don't think most people get an access until no. Wednesday. Rowan runs a big AI newsletter called The Rundown. They totally hooked him up. And so what's he doing here? He is creating a AI assistant to be able to optimize when he should actually post on X and how to fine tune his post on X. And so what he's done is he downloaded all of his Twitter post data from Twitter analytics. Again, he's got propriety data. Data is the new goal. We'll get to that later. Then he can provide specific custom instructions to the AI assistant to complete tasks. And then it can actually go off and do these things for him. So we are going to go where I've always thought we've going to go. And what I've actually seen speaking to a lot of AI founders who have started with LLM models, like trying to build some sort of LLM model that they train and want to get into enterprises is a drag and drop layer on top of that, that allows you to build these kind of AI assistants based upon that large language model and can complete task view. So the future, one future is we as knowledge workers are all going to be probably measured in the future by hey, tell me about the AI assistant you've built for yourself. I can actually see that being an interview question, right? Totally. Hey, like, tell me about your AI assistants. Take me through them. Let me see them. How do they do work for you? Like, how efficient are you in actually doing that? And then the store is just accelerating that because we can buy these like cool AI assistants that other people have created. Then it opens up a whole new category for entrepreneurs to be able to take these under-monetized data sets. And there's just a lot of data flowing in and about there under monetized. And now we can create these real AI assistant applications on top of it and sell them through the store. So this to me is as big of a release as the original chat GPT for consumers and for actually getting more AI use cases and functionality in the hand of consumers. Kieran, the way I think about this is when Apple released the app store for the iPhone, It was a revolutionary app store for developers, right? It enabled developers to build and package apps and monetize their code in a far better way for these new mobile use cases and access to the camera, GPS, new data and features that they didn't have before. Now we are going to get a brand new app store that is for everyone. You don't have to be a developer for this app store. And Kieran, we got a friend of the pod, a friend of the pod named Greg Eisenberg, and he had a great tweet on this said, hey, today OpenAI announced that they are releasing the ChatGPT store, an app store for ChatGPT. And it says the Shopify app store has 33,000 apps and over $500 million in revenue. The app store for Apple has 1.8 million apps, almost a trillion dollars in revenue, $910 billion. The ChatGPT store, zero agents, zero revenue. He's like, there'll probably be millions of agents, billions in revenue. And hit the point, he's like, I wish I would have created an app for the Apple store. I wish I would have created an app for the Shopify store. Tons of opportunity today to build for the chat GPT store. I think this is a very good point. That There will be a gold rush if we can get to product market fit on this. My biggest concern, Kieran, this is a marketing show. We're marketers. I hate the branding. 
Oh, GPTs is awful for consumers. Instead of agents, assistants, co-pilots. OpenAI is an engineer-led company. They're calling them GPTs, everyone. I tweeted about this, but I'm just really sad about the branding. Right. Like, they should have consulted us. They have not We're hired experts. a marketing team yet. We care about their work. Sam could have sent us a quick email. We would have said, Sam, can we please urge you to do something different there? Right. Yeah. The GPT store is awful naming. And I actually do think names do matter in this they case. Totally because do. Just to be really clear for everyone listening to this show, this LLM model to AI agent is one of the hottest, most competitive spaces or the space that is heating up the most Mm -hmm. in this AI category, which is like in the future, there will be an AI agent platform. I call them assistants, but I think for the most part, people call them agents. For some reason, Sam decided to call them GPTs. But there are these mini AI assistants, these micro AI assistants that you can train on certain data, and then you can actually customize to go and complete tasks for you. GPTs, if you want consumers to use this, does not mean any of that. (laughs) So I do think the name matters. (laughs) The simplicity of the app store is like, it's apps. People understood what an app is. People do not understand. They do not equate GPT with like the AI assistant part or even the chat GPT. Like the chat part is actually really important because that's how you actually understand that this is a chat assistant. So I think they could have called it a multitude of different things. It does speak to, I think, OpenAI very early. Do not have a marketer yet. I think if they want some help, come hit us up. We would be happy to spend some time with the team. Look, we've done this a little bit. We can certainly help. And by the way, the thing that makes me really sad about this before we move on, Kieran, is they're the early mover and the leader. So they could have claimed the great brand in this space. Right. They could have come Instead, they leave the door open for Apple or somebody else to come along and deliver a way better brand experience. Right. And that's what I mean by this is a really competitive space. I think they're going to have a ton of different competitors in no short amount of time. Google Bard had already done some version of this where it allows Bards to connect with your G Suite apps. And so you can do a bunch of stuff through that. The one thing I'll just kind of touch on here is, okay, if you're an entrepreneur or any of us who just love this stuff and want to build an AI assistant for the store, I am definitely going to build an AI assistant for the store. I suspect I'm in Europe, so I suspect sometime in 2027 when the bureaucrats <laughs> allow me to access tools because they have to make sure that they feel good about my safety because I can't manage my own safety for myself. <laughs> I will launch a tool on the GPT store. But the thing to think through here is like, okay, well, like how does one entrepreneur differentiate their GPT bot from another or the AI assistant from another. Ooh, a good it's question. really going to be the data, right? So yes. what's the first thing everyone's probably learning to do today before everything gets shut down? Scraping data. <laughs> like I think the, <laughs> the number one use case is like everyone's looking at the AI bots that can scrape data because think of it. What I would do is I would go scrape one of the Verizon subreddits and I would scrape all that data and I would have that data referenced in my AI assistant and then I could build something like AI assistant business idea creator, right? And that idea creator is trained on the subreddit data and actually use all that data can tell me very specific business ideas that are applicable to that cohort of people who are all hanging out in a subreddit format. Another one is YouTube transcripts are an actual Gold mine of data. Gold mine. I have been using YouTube transcripts to do like fun stuff in ChatGPT. The one that I tweeted that you gave me the idea for was I took Bill Gurley's transcript on regular rate capture, pasted it into ChatGPT, then pasted in Biden's executive order and said, hey, like these two things tell us how the executive order is helping to aid in regular rate capture. I don't need to do any of this copy and paste now. I can just train the bot to do it. How long do you think it takes for YouTube to close transcripts? Oh, gosh, we are going to be in a data war over the next several years where everybody is going to be trying to protect, acquire, build data assets. Right. 
right? Like, I think we just know that to be true. And I think the valuations of a lot of existing companies could change as data becomes a more valuable asset, right? And that everybody understands the value of data and the enterprise use cases along with this chat GPT app store is kind of, I think, going to be the leading factors there. Okay. Can I ask one more thing that I want to like pause it to you in this, right? Yeah, please. The other thing that is like a really amazing thing that is kind of hidden within this or has never been available before is let's say that you figured out how to do something much more efficiently, right? You took your HubSpot data, you trained your AI assistant, you give it some customer instructions and it was able to do something pretty incredible. And the HubSpot data is maybe a bad example because maybe you can't share that externally, but you have some proprietary data that Kip has. Like one of the incredible things about you is you're able to learn things really rapidly. So I remember when you were going through the year that you decided to learn everything there was to know about art. Now let's say you had some proprietary data and you were able to customize and build a Kip Bodner art bot. That's kind of somewhat automated knowledge, right? You've done the learning, you've automated the knowledge, but you can now share that rapidly with people who can just learn that far faster than you could have because you've done the work, right? Sam Altman demoed this on stage where he built an AI assistant in four minutes and that AI assistant now can do some form of like automated work and automated tasks. And I don't even know how that impacts everything where we can start to share these automated AI assistants really rapidly with each other. We can take some segment of work and say, here you go. Now you can do that to the same degree that I can do that. You just have the bot. Like I've trained it to do the same thing that I can do. It took me years to do that. It's fine. You go do it now. You have the bot to actually be able to do that. So first of all, your network is really important because I hope I have smart people who can share their AI assistance with me because that's how I get much better. But then I think we get all much more productive because we're getting such a leg up in terms of being able to share these things with each other. I saw currently the estimate to create a new GPT assistant. So to reframe for everybody, this new GPT app store, you're going to be able to create an assistant and then you either use it for your own or list it for sale, right? So that other people can access to it. The time for a non-developer to create this new assistant, the average time is 16 minutes. That's one six, 16 minutes. Right. That is a rapid development time. And so what makes me worry, like, are we going to have 10 million of these GPTs that are completely useless? Yes. Probably, <laughs> for sure. But are we going to have hundreds that are exceptionally valuable? Yes. And something, Kieran, that you and I have said on the show over and over, and I want to just pat ourselves on the back on it, is we said there were going to be more small and micro businesses because of AI, and this completely proves it. Oh, yeah. One to two person business. You are going to be able to build like a niche business with AI, a one or two person business that can do millions of dollars in revenue. And I think the incredible thing is, we talked about this with Steph Smith on an episode that likely comes out next week, about how you get better at the craft of content. And we talked about the fact that you should start somewhere where you can get quick feedback loops and then like transition to places where you get longer time horizons of feedback loops. A great place to start a business today is going to be create GPT store to prove minimal viable use case. Yes. And then use revenue to invest in to build fully fledged app. And the other thing to kind of note here is the reason we're going to have 10 million GPT bots and most of them for the most part are going to be awful, but some are going to be amazing. It's because I don't know if you saw the demo as well, that GPT itself can actually build the bot for you, right? You can give it instructions to say, this is the kind of bot I want and it will build the bot for you. So now we have AI building Building AI 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 bots for you. (laughs) Bananas. This is 2023. I'm saying these words. I feel like the last year has been like a decade of innovation. Yes. It is unbelievable 
I have this tweet that I thought was pretty interesting just to show everybody the pace of innovation here. OpenAI didn't have like a code base for developers for the API four years ago. So their API went from nobody using it and not existing four years ago to now having 2 million developers using that API. 100 million weekly Isn't active that users. crazy? 100 million weekly active users on ChatGPT. So you have 100 million people a week using ChatGPT. You've got to suspect at least 5 to 10% of them are going to create their own GPTs. Right. And then a subset of those are going to list in the app store. So you are going to have a massive flywheel. Right. We'll be right back. But before, let me tell you about another podcast I love. Nudge, hosted by Phil Agnew, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Ever noticed how the smallest changes can have the biggest impact? On Nudge, you learn simple evidence-backed tips to help you kick bad habits, get a raise, grow a business. Every bite-sized 20-minute show comes packed with practical advice. Nudge is fast-paced, but it's still insightful with real-world examples that you can apply. Oh, and it's the UK's fastest growing business podcast. If you want an MBA's worth of insight in one podcast, this is the right show for you. Entrepreneurs will love this show because it's filled with repeatable proven studies, not hearsay and one-off success stories. You're going to love the show because I was interviewed by Phil. You can go check out my episode. And I recently listened to an awesome episode. It's called Six Scientifically Proven Persuasion Techniques. It's a must listen for anyone in marketing. Listen to Nudge wherever you get your podcasts. But Kieran, we talked a lot about the GPTs because I think they're the most interesting consumer news, right? There's some developer and business news that I think is equally important. One, we got a new model, GPT-4 Turbo. Great name, actually. That is a good name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is. GPT-4 Turbo is a great name for a developer model. Turbo. <laughs> turbo is awesome. I want everything to be Turbo. Why would I ever have a non-Turbo? Yeah, thing? why would you have a non-Turbo? I'm always going to choose the Turbo. <laughs> exactly. The biggest thing that I found interesting about GPT-4 Turbo is that it's cheaper, it's faster, all these things. You can now have 128,000 tokens. Yes, 300 pages. So you can now upload an entire book yep. to GPT-4 Turbo, which was one of our biggest complaints with GPT-4 is that it was limited to about 32,000 tokens, I think, was the previous limit. So they have exponentially increased what you can actually feed and put into GPT-4 Turbo, which is amazing. Right. And like we should not underestimate the bigger, faster, cheaper yes. part of the story. Yes, yes, they. Oh, hold on. On that, I have something really cool to show you. You ready for this? Is it their strap line? Have they updated their homepage? They're bigger, faster, cheaper. And I saw no. like every SaaS so company. They, there's new audio and video oh, APIs. I saw this. Did this you cool. see this? Yeah. So they released new audio models, text to speech models on OpenAI that are 10 to 20 times cheaper than 11 Labs, which is the big player in the audio API space and the text to speech space. That is crazy pricing disruption. Yeah. Right? They are disrupting so many categories. <laughs> it's bananas. We haven't even got into the, like, I think the thing you're showing is, okay, there's the bigger, faster, cheaper. And the thing you're starting to show is they released multimodal API vision with GPT-4. Yeah. So I think the GPT vision API is what I'm most excited about. Uh, Can you tell people a little bit about that? And I got some stuff to show on it too. Yeah. Let me actually demonstrate it in action. One of my favorite use cases. You guess and then I'll show because we'll see if we know each other this well. Does it have to do with soccer? No, but I did see that one. Of course, I'm going to show someone roasting things. <laughs> oh, roast my website. This was going to be my next guest. <laughs> I thought soccer was going to Trump it. roast my website. Kieran, we actually did this. 
on our show of different ways you can use AI for your marketing. Oh. I did this. I just did it manually. You actually did, did this yeah, exact you thing. You inputted the, uh, you cut and paste the homepage. I did this tried. exact thing. And they are now using the new right. API to build an app around it. Basically, what you're able to do is like build an API, someone adds your website in the back end, it takes screenshots of the website and is able to parse those things in through the GPT-4 vision, which is available through the API. It's able to analyze the screenshots and then roast it, which is the best part, <laughs> through text-to-speech API. Because again, they're multimodal. This is one of the perfect examples. I'm like in the back end, getting screenshots of the website, and then I'm taking the image, feeding the image in, get text, and then pushing that back out through the text-to-speech API. This is bananas because... The amount of things you're going to be able to do in your go-to-market through this, like think of customer support, all of those use cases, which isn't just turn off your machine and turn it back on again, like real problems that you have to solve. Think of software support. I can just grab a screenshot yes. of the error, put it into the chat, the chat can parse it and then actually speak it back to me and demonstrate like how to fix that thing. Look, look software support is going to become a hundred times cheaper. And automated, most of it automated. It's all completely automated. All right. I don't know if you've seen this, Kieran. Another friend of the pod, Linus. Remember our boy Linus, Ankenstem? This was a great breakdown. He did an awesome roundup. Wanted to show folks some of my favorites here. There's a sports narrator. So they're using the new GPT-4 Vision API and the text-to-speech API to basically narrate a soccer game. So what's funny, Kieran, is you could use this to narrate your favorite team. In your case, it's Liverpool in whatever style you want. You could say, hey, I'm Kieran Flanagan. This is what I think about soccer. I want the Liverpool match recording that I'm watching narrated with my viewpoint of soccer. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Isn't that amazing? I just need a month of nothing. You really do. I need need a month to play with these toys. They're just toys. Like (laughs) The amount of things you can do with this technology that we as like non-coders, me as I should be able to code, given I went to like university and spent three or four years coding. <laughs> we'll talk about your failed coding experience. Uh, I have started doing Replit's 100-day Python course, which is actually of awesome, you but are. have already stopped. I thought you needed to sleep sometime. I'm just too busy. I'm so busy all the time. <laughs> this is all self-inflicted. I know, it is. I, know. I do not have a lot of sympathy. We should do a show at some point, which is just you giving me therapy for oversubscribing myself because I, I just do, constantly uh, do it. Well... Oh, let's put it this way. I'm not much better than you. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's exactly. <laughs> then I'll therapize <laughs> so, you. We'll build an AI assistant bot for each I'm other. I'm not going to throw any stones. We'll get a GPT assistant bot going for CMOs. Yeah, to describe themselves. Little, little therapize bot. I yeah, love that. Okay. Therapy. This is actually, I think, one of my favorites, Kieran. Yeah, you the said me The webcam. Did you see this? I got your WhatsApp, but I didn't fully rock it. Okay, so you can use the Vision API, connect it to a webcam, and ask GPT in real time what's happening in the webcam. Oh, really? So he's asking, what am I holding up? And it says, you are holding a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is... <laughs> Isn't this bananas? <laughs> this is uh, equal parts amazing, equal parts terrifying. I'm trying to think through, you know, the ring, you know, the little ring cameras that people have for yeah. security. I'm trying to like think of use cases. We cool that you can actually just... You would know who was at your door. Provide you transcripts. What delivery happened. Logs and transcripts. Yeah. Isn't this wild? You could actually... Transcript, and when a delivery driver goes, you could probably automate some kind of messaging to say your package has arrived. Like, darn, there's just so much. It's created so much more, like, applicable data, usable data, I guess. Like, capturing everything and making it usable in some way. So the webcam is one of my favorite. We already talked about Rowan's X monetizer, which I love. There's a travel assistant. There's also another webcam GPT, which somebody's already built a lightweight app to do a similar thing. So the real-time webcam use cases of GPT-4 Vision pretty interesting that I'm seeing. 
Like he's actually having GPT-4 vision identified different things on the webcam. Oh, somebody's already built landing page optimization GPT. This was the other yeah, one. Yeah, I had this one bookmarked. Yeah. So using the GPT Vision API, he built this thing in 30 minutes. It takes a URL, converts it to an image, and sends it through Vision to respond with custom landing page optimization suggestions. This is what we've been talking about on the show. This is the multimodal. Every marketing team should have an AI developer. Like the amount of things you can build through the API. Oh, and not 100%. Just your team. Actually, I need to take a note of that for myself. We should actually have a AI. We have a little team of AI developers at HubSpot. Shout out our AI team. They're doing awesome. Complete sidebar. We meet every week. We go through the use cases. We talk about what's working, what's not. We iterate. I encourage you, if you're working on AI internally at your business, to have a really tight feedback loop. Have high urgency because so much is changing. Right. And what is possible is changing so frequently. You want to stay really tight and really connected to it. Our company does a weekly all hands for everyone building AI where they can come together and talk about stuff. This is definitely the culture you want to encourage within your business, which is, hey, everyone should be playing with these tools. Again, I think in the future, part of your interview process is going to be someone actually looking through the AI assistance that you've built to like make you better at work, be able to automate more of your tasks. So I think that's some of the major announcements was the GPT assessment store, the multimodal API that we have gone on a lot about. I wanted to do a quick recap of, because it was super cool for Zapier, right? Zapier were actually one of the two brands. Spoke we're on, on the, the stage. stage. I was about to, to ask you, Mike I want a little behind the, the team action, my friend. They managed to build pretty fast and rapidly got into the launch and got demoed on the stage. It was Zapier and Canva. Shout out to both of you all. You moved fast. You developed really quickly. Our friends That's at Canva the, are awesome too. Turns out the best product marketing is engineers building awesome shit. <laughs> awesome shit really quick. Yeah, awesome <laughs> really quick. the best product marketing. So I'll turn the sound off, but the reason I wanted to touch on this is because the other thing hidden within this, right? This is the demo they went through where they were showing how you can use Zapier AI actions with the GPT assistant to be able to just automate your work and do work through natural language. So in this example, she actually has AI go through her calendar using Zapier actions. She does some like conflict resolution and then she comes back to Sam via Slack to say, hey, I can't do that time because I'm out trying to get GPUs. Now, in a world gone by, first of all, you would have just had to do this by hand. Then you have Zapier applications that allow you to automate this. Now you have like Zapier plus these kind of AI integrations that allow you just to use software through natural language. So you and I have talked about this, I think for 12 months or now and again, where we're saying <laughs> we have. there is a natural language layer being built on top of software, which means you don't really need, the software is just backend applications, but you don't need to actually use that software yourself. You can actually just do it all through natural language, which makes the learning curve for software zero, right? The learning curve <laughs> goes to zero. zero. I, no big deal. I, I just tell the assistant what I actually need to do, right? The, I'm sure in HubSpot, you are all thinking through this because the number one reason that CRM gets ripped out of a company is because sales reps hate, for the most part, using CRM. The reason HubSpot has done so well is because it built a usable product that reps actually enjoy using. But boy, would everyone just prefer to have an agent do that work for them or do it through natural language? This to me, again, is it's pretty game-changing game changing because I still don't have a good answer what happens to software if the UI layer is natural language, right? And it makes all of these applications kind of not redundant, like you still use them, but you don't care about what they are really as long as they're in the back end doing their job. And I'll just end on the part that we talked about this as well in relation to the phone. So we said like the reason it's so in- 
incredibly interesting that Johnny Ives is building the OpenAI phone is because one of the things he's always struggled with is he built the iPhone. It's in a very addictive application and he hates the way that we all have to like spend all of our days looking at the screen. Mm-hmm. The AI version of that doesn't need a big screen because it doesn't need apps because it can do everything within the feed, right? It just can do all this stuff for you. It doesn't need to actually click in and click out of these different apps. Very similar to software. Like, why do you have to click in and click into all these different apps if the AI natural language layer can do this for you? So that, to me, was the other big part of the demo that did not get mentioned too much in terms of its implications to all of us who work in tech. Yeah, so towards the end of new shows like this, we want to offer kind of the counterintuitive takes. We want to give you the things that people aren't really talking about, right? One of them is that agents, GPTs that OpenAI is calling with tools like Zapier are going to be able to automate far outside of just what you upload right there in the chat GPT window and are going to be able to automate really pretty complex tasks. And that is a big deal. And that's not something a ton of people are talking about right now. The second thing you're saying, Kieran, is because of that, that leads to disruption of how people use software and go from a visual user experience to more of a natural language user experience, right? Right. Right. Well, let's keep pulling that thread a little bit. If it's natural language, you know what it is? It's global by default Mm. because all of these languages are going, you're going to be able to write whatever your natural language is, not English, could be Spanish, could be Chinese, whatever. And the model is going to change it to whatever language it needs to. And it's going to just move back and forth between languages. So you know what that means? That means somebody can now build a GPT, not now, but in the near future, build a GPT in like 20 minutes that can be used by somebody else on the other side of the world. And so they're going to buy it. And we're going to have a complete transformation in global commerce in a way I don't think people really understand. And if I were us, Kieran, you and I should have like an offsite where we make some bets. One of them is just like global payment rails. Like that's going to be the holdup in this Mm. because we are going to have an explosion of globalization over the next decade that I don't think people actually see coming unless they're paying super, super close attention. Yeah, language doesn't matter. Natural language interface. Doesn't matter at all. The AI can translate to any language you want. I'm sure we've all used it. It's incredible at translation. So you can be in any other language build that thing in that language. But if I want to use it, it's going to be easy to me to use it in any language I want if I'm going through natural language. That is a great point that every single piece of, I don't know if we call them like software, I guess, like whatever we want to call them in this AI era, but every kind of application that you build is global by default. And actually, I don't even know what that means for like international marketing teams, right? (laughs) But I've built a lot of them. That's where I started my career. We did at a HubSpot, like I don't even know what that really looks like, right? Like, do you need to do anything international if it doesn't really, like, I'll market in my language and the AI will take care of the rest? Like, the translation is going to be The international stuff, well, so let's let's talk about what international teams do. We're going to riff on this for the marketers who are sticking around to the end of the show. They traditionally do brand marketing, field marketing. They work really closely with sales. A lot of that's going to get disrupted. Yeah. You're still going to need some brand marketing work. Right? In field, field marketing is very, very disrupted. And we're also good at hypothesize that a lot of the rep work, a lot of the kind of BDR, SDR, and some of the early stage sales rep work is going to be automated by AI over the next couple of years. Right? Yeah. Smaller teams, more centralized. Yes. Smaller, more centralized teams. If you take anything away from the business implications of what's happening in the AI market from today's show, smaller, smaller, smaller companies, smaller teams more focused because the cost is coming down so low to solve a problem, you can do it much faster and much smaller. Kieran, I have a hot take here. 
you know who's going to win in this next generation? The agile. The pace of business is going to increase by 100x. Right. And if you are slow and if you are used to waiting weeks and months to get something done, you will die. Yeah. If you are willing to increase that velocity and get things done in hours and days, you will win. Right. Companies need to rewrite their culture to ship fast, learn fast, agile, and people who are in those companies who struggle with that are better served going to find a new spot. Because I just think that is the culture that a lot of tech companies need to shift to, to survive the kind of transition from where we've been. Not just tech companies, any company. Any company. Oh, well, I guess if you're you're a carpentry company, I do think maybe you all go back and do like actual real skills. (laughs) If if you're a carpentry company, why are AI models not going to help you Cut the yeah, wood they, to they the exact yeah, yeah. specs much yeah, faster. Yeah. All will. of those things. Like, yeah, I think every, every company has to, yeah, we're going through a transition. I think everyone has to be up for the opportunity versus the problems that it creates. And said on the positive side, speed could be a real differentiator over the right. next few years if you really lean into it. And so there's a huge opportunity there. Kieran, I think this is one of the biggest days. Is this the second biggest day in AI history after the launch of ChatGPT? I think this is the second after ChatGPT. I think the plugin store, I thought it was a big launch. It had some cool stuff. It never really took off. This to me is there. Like, it's not just the things that we covered. We'll probably tease out some more of this over the next course of the episodes. There's so much more, but the bigger, faster, don't underestimate the bigger 300 pages that you can naturally use as context, the faster, the cost are two to three X, cheaper, the multimodal API, the AI assistant for everyone, the GPT store where you can just buy and sell these things. Crazy. The natural language interface to just use software without actually having to use the software. That's only the things that we covered. That's half of the things that they launched. Oh, and by the way, Kieran, you know how long it took to do all those things? Less than a year. Right. Next year is going to be Back to our point on the world speeding up. All those things got built and live in less than a year. This has been incredible. Hit us up in the YouTube comments if there are specific follow-on shows you want around this tech, around the examples, around what you want to learn here. And we will read those and we'll get those shows in the pipeline. Thank you so much for watching today's episode. We'll see you again real soon on Marketing Against the Grain. 